Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing all right. We're here for a very rare morning recording after I skipped out to go to the symphony last night. Yes, you you ditched. You played <laughs> hooky. Uh, so we are recording the morning of Friday, early, early morning. Um, and we are here <laughs> early, early morning in, in Hawaii. <laughs> it's early, early morning. We are here to talk a little bit about the upcoming match against the Carolina Panthers here in week 16. Talking about, you know, matchups coming in this game, talking about how we feel like the Packers are going to do against, you know, once again, a probably on paper worse opponent. But we know that the Packers have Maybe had a couple of those in the past few weeks and it hasn't gone quite as well, but we're going to give you every single detail for this upcoming matchup. But before we do, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear today, come give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out when we have new episodes out, uh, stats that we find interesting when we're doing the research for these episodes, articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting, pieces of Packers injury news, roster moves, pretty much your one-stop shopping for everything Titletown. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. So if you want to find us there, uh, you can subscribe to us there. Um, but Dad, are you ready to get into this game? Yeah, let's uh, start going over yet another lengthy injury list. Let's yes, see what it, we think. It does seem like that is the only kind of injury list the Packers have these days. Uh, this injury report is as of Thursday, yesterday, so we don't have the official designations for the game yet. We won't get those till later this afternoon. Keep an eye on our Twitter. Once again, that's at Father Son Packer for that full injury report. We will be retweeting it as soon as it comes out. But Dad, I guess let's just start going through this injury report. Uh, we're going to read off the Packers one, and then we'll talk about what kind of sticks out to us. For the Packers, Jay Alexander, uh, with that shoulder injury, was a limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. Like we said during our breakdown of the Tampa game, let's just not talk about that game any more than we have to. Uh, Matt LaFleur afterwards kind of said that they miscalculated how long they thought that injury was going to take for Jair and that's why it's been six weeks and he was not put on the IR initially says that tackling is a big issue for him right now with that shoulder so I don't know that him being a limited participant participant in practice is necessarily very promising since we've seen him practice before and not play but you know might as well throw that out there beyond that Devondre Campbell with a neck injury did not participate in Wednesday or Thursday's practice Dad, this is also interesting because he put out a fairly cryptic tweet the other day. I'm just going to read it off for you. Quote, not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when bleep goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they're giving me. Focus on yourself and your mental, 59. You owe it to yourself. Uh, and so Devondre Campbell declined to comment on that tweet when asked about it uh, in the locker room the next day. Uh, and Joe Barry was asked about it as well. And he called uh, Devondre Campbell, quote, an absolute warrior. Um, and just talking about, you know, how like good of a leader he is and how tough he is. Um, so that's something. So it seems like he's been maybe playing hurt for a little while. And he's, I mean, he hasn't exactly been playing quite up to the standard that he had set previously this year. And it seems that he's frustrated. Uh, fans are frustrated. Team's frustrated. Um, but yeah, so that was at least something that I found interesting. Beyond that, AJ Dillon with that thumb injury limited Wednesday and Thursday. According to Tom Silverstein, uh, Matt Lafleur said they are going to try and get a better sense of whether he can function with a broken right thumb during practice this week. Kind of sounds like a lot of what they were saying last week, where they're like, "Oh, he could probably just carry it in one arm." 
I think it's another bunch of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> I would be fairly surprised if we saw Dylan again this season, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, JJ Anikbare. I'm sure he'll be injury. ready by the Super Bowl. I know, right? JJ Anikbare with a toe injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Elton Jenkins with a shoulder injury, didn't participate Wednesday, but was a limited participant on Thursday. So it's good to see him trending in the right direction. Aaron Jones with a knee and a finger injury, limited both days. Caleb Jones was sick, did not participate in practice on Thursday. Luke Musgrave was designated to return from IR, but did not participate in practice on Thursday uh, with that lacerated kidney. So, you know, the hope is that we see him again sometime later this season in one of the last two games. So that'd be exciting. Um, Jonathan Owens with a knee injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Jaden Reed with a toe and chest injury, did not participate in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. He has been dinged up quite a bit this year, and he has kept playing games, but this toe injury was one that knocked him out of that last game. Darnell Savage, shoulder injury, didn't participate Wednesday or Thursday. He did not play in the last game. TJ Slayton with a knee injury, limited both days. Luke Tenuta, also designated to return off IR with that ankle injury. He was a limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. Quay Walker, shoulder injury, limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. Christian Watson, hamstring injury, still did not participate Wednesday or Thursday, still working his way back from that. Dontavian Wicks, ankle injury, limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. And then Emmanuel Wilson, also designated to return off IR with that shoulder injury, limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. Ooh, man, dad, I feel like that guy, like I always say, I feel like that guy at the end of those, any pharmaceutical commercial you hear, <laughs> reading all, all the side, uh, effects. side effects. Yeah. Uh, anything that stood out to you from the Packers side of the injury report before we move over to the Panther side? So I would say I don't expect Campbell to play based on his uh, participation and his comments. Like, I've been playing hurt. I haven't been able to play up to my standard, and people have been getting on my case about it. So I will play when I can play up to my standard. Which I think is totally reasonable because yeah. he has not played particularly well this year. And it's not that that's necessarily his fault, especially if he's injured. But if he's injured and he's he's not playing great, you know, maybe it would be better for the Packers to, you know, let him get healthier for a couple of weeks and then put McDuffie out there for a couple of weeks is is kind of my yeah. thought on that one, because he has he has struggled a little bit this year. And it does seem that perhaps that neck injury is keeping him from playing to his full ability. Uh, anything yeah, else? And, or? and I don't really expect Dylan to play. Um, yeah, concerned no. about the uh, wide receiver group. Because mm-hmm. like everybody's well. hurt. Yeah, it does seem that it feels like Reed's designation today is going to be very telling as to whether or not he ends up playing on Sunday. Yeah. If he can log a limited, I'll be a little little more comfortable. But if he doesn't practice today, I would be hard pressed yeah. to see him with, playing with on all Sunday. DMPs. I, based on right now, I I would be a little. Surpri- I don't expect Watson to play. No, and I'd be a little surprised if Reed plays. But yeah, I, but- I I would be surprised if Wicks does not play. Me as well. I think that they'll end up having Dobbs, Wicks, Heath. I think they're just not going to have Watson or Reed, which does, you know, those are two of their better receivers. So that's going to be kind of tough. But that's all. At the same time, it is the Panthers. And speaking of the Panthers, you know, they have a medium length injury report for themselves. They have some of their key players on the injury report, though. And I'm just going to read it off. The big one, though, is Brian Burns, who has not practiced yet this week, Wednesday or Thursday, with an illness. So that is definitely one to keep an eye on because, you know, he is their best pass rusher. Um, His designation on Friday and how he progresses with that illness is going to be very telling as to, you know, how this game goes, I think, because I think he's a big part of what they do on defense. Um, I'm sorry. I don't think he's a big part of what they do on defense. (laughs) He he is a big part of what they do on defense. Uh, Beyond that, uh, Claude and Charles linebacker knee injury limited Wednesday and Thursday. Sam Franklin Jr., safety, quad injury. Wednesday, Thursday, he was limited. Yeter Grosmatos, one of their outside linebackers with an illness, did not participate in practice Wednesday or Thursday. 
Marcus Haynes Sr., outside linebacker, a back injury and illness, did not participate Wednesday or Thursday. Troy Hill, one of their corners, he's back. Uh, he was just resting on on th- Wednesdays, but he didn't participate in practice, but he was back f- in full participant on Thursday. Uh, Taylor Moten, one of their starting tackles, their starting right tackle, um, with a knee injury, but also rest, didn't participate in Wednesday, and then was limited Thursday. David Sharp, one of their tackles with an illness, was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Steven Sullivan, one of their tight ends, shoulder injury, but he's projected to play. It looks like full participant each day. Uh, Ian Thomas, one of their tight ends, ankle injury, limited Wednesday, Thursday. Tommy Tremble, one of their tight ends, illness, limited Wednesday, Thursday. Xavier Woods, safety, illness, limited Wednesday, Thursday. Dad, yeah. they are they going <laughs> to give got, us like they, are they going to give us whatever is going around this locker? They've room They've got for them? something to go with the locker room. I don't know. Did they get they get invited to a like a Lamar Jackson sushi party or something? I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the illness is. I don't know what it is. Like. Something is going around that Panthers locker room, it seems like. It does not sound good because it's keeping a lot of them from practicing. I am a little worried about playing them and then having to play a game <laughs> next week. Uh, how many players? We already have an injury report with just injuries. Now, imagine we're adding six more guys to that sick. Like that, that does not sound like a very tenable solution to winning some of these games going forward. Um, but that is the injury report for the Panthers, Dad. To me, like I said, the big one that stood out to me was Brian Burns not practicing with that illness. Anything else stand out to you from the Panthers' side? Yeah, I would expect most of those guys with illness to play. We got another like three days from to get over what they, whatever they've got, unless it's something really like really really nasty. I mean, you know, this season got it is the season for some really nasty flus and yeah, colds so, going around. So you never so we'll know. see. But that is it for the injury report for each team. Lengthy injury report for the Packers and, you know, a decently lengthy injury report for the Panthers. But, Dad, let's get into the meat of our game preview and let's start with some quick facts. This game kicks off at noon central time in Carolina, so 1 o'clock local time. Uh, Conditions On on Sunday. On Sunday, yes. I forgot to write that. It's on Sunday. I always always forget that we're having Saturday games this time of the season. Well, and and three games on Monday. The games are really spread out. Yeah, we're they're just they're monopolizing the entire uh, the entire weekend, weekend now. They yeah. see they saw that the college football teams are are done with the regular season. They said Saturday, that's ours now. <laughs> that um, Saturday looks awfully nice. Be a shame if something happened to it. Exactly. But the game kick, uh, its conditions are forecast to be you know sunny in the low sixties, so a pretty nice day. Packers are four and a half point favorites with an over under of thirty seven and a half, so a low scoring game they think for an implied score of twenty one to sixteen. So they think that just because, you know, the, the Panthers managed to win last week with nine points? Well, I was just about to say, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, talking about the Panthers and what they've been up to. Uh, they are coming off just their second win of the year, Dad. They are now 2-13. and 13. They beat the Panthers, or sorry, they beat the Falcons last week, 9-7. to seven. They beat the Falcons without scoring a touchdown. So that is, you know, a pretty impressive feat, you must say. Um, going off of some traditional statistics, they are 29th in points per drive on offense. Green Bay is 11th for reference. And then they are 26th in points per drive allowed on defense. Green Bay is 24th for reference. By DVOA per FTN Fantasy, which takes into account, you know, strength of opponent. They are 27th in defense, 17th against the pass, and 31st against the run. And then they are 30th on offense. 32nd in passing and 26th in rushing. And then they are 19th in special teams. For those of you keeping track at home, Green Bay is 27th in special teams. So uh, I saw you, know, you uh, that was one you wanted to include, that special mention yes. of where Green Bay was in special teams. Because I, that's not even their worst DVOA ranking. 
I know, I know. They are worse by the Packers are worse by defense. De- the defense is even worse now. Yes, but I, I just, I think everyone knows how bad the defense is. I feel like not enough people know how bad the special teams is, and that's why I felt like including it. You can say, you know, I'm just pushing agendas. It's okay. I am pushing agendas. My agenda is the Packers special teams is still bad, uh, despite all of the investment in it. But Dad, should we move on to our general thoughts of the game? Is there anything that you wanted to add in that little, you know, keeping up with the Joneses part? Anything that stood out to you particularly about the Panthers from a general sense while watching them? Or do we want to get into the details? Let's get to the details. All right, let's get to the details. And let's start with play nice where we say some nice things about the opponent. We always struggle with this, and I think we struggle with it even more. No offense. <laughs> I mean, when we're playing no, a team no like offense, Panthers. Panthers, but you stink. Yeah, it's so pretty it's, bad. It's, we got to search for something good. It's pretty bad. And that doesn't mean that we think we're going to win this weekend because, or we've hey, maybe had this... we do, but we've lost to be- sucky teams before. We were so... just talking about what time loop movie we're stuck in here. Live, die, repeat. So we died against the Giants, and now we're doing this again. No, yeah, it's it's actually very hilarious because we're going to talk about this, listeners, through the rest of this episode. It's deja vu all over again because this game is going to be really similar to the Giants game. It's going to be really similar. There's a lot Some of parallels. the same way, that's all. I know. There are a lot of parallels between these two teams, um, and we're going to get into that. But yeah, I I honestly think the Packers struggle more against the bad teams than the good teams, it seems like. They, they just play down to their competition all day long. But Dad, what did you find when watching the Panthers that you thought that they did well. So, yeah, I, I searched. So their best part of their game by PFF grade is their pass coverage where they're 13th in the league. So kind of around the middle of the pack. And they just got JC Horn back from injury a few weeks ago. He and slot corner Troy Hill both have above average coverage grade, coverage grades. And their free safety, Xavier Woods, has also been good in coverage this year and leads the team with um, interceptions with two and their other outside corner leads the team in forced incompletions with eight and is tied with um slot corner troy hill in pass breakups with five so they've, yeah. they've got a decent secondary no they've got a decent secondary i saw that you added that and i just wanted to tack on a couple of stats that i found interesting when looking at their coverage because when you look at like holistically where they rank um amongst other teams Coverage is the one that stands out because that's more around the middle tier in most metrics. They're usually around like 10th to 15th in those and they're mid-20s in a lot of the other ones. Um, they are 12th in the league in total pass breakups, so plays on the ball by their by their secondary and by their players, um, which I found interesting. Just wanted to throw that in there. And then they are also 7th in the league in pass breakups per target. So not just raw number of pass breakups, but pass breakups per target, which I found interesting. And then the other thing that I found really interesting when looking at some of their statistics is, honestly, their defense is probably better than their points allowed would have you believe. Uh, Despite being 26th in points per drive at 2.2, like we said, they are all the way up at 9th in yards per drive allowed. uh, And second in punts per drive forced, Cleveland is first. So it really does seem like a lot of times maybe their defense is just being put in really poor situations by their offense. Because they're, it's not like they're letting the the other teams move the ball very much. They're forcing a lot of punts, but they're still giving up a lot of points per drive, which you know leads me to believe that maybe they're just not being put in very many great situations. A lot of short, a lot a lot of short, short fields. fields. A lot of short fields I'm, is kind of what I'm looking I mean, at. That punts per drive, I did not see that. That's that's like elite. That's elite. Yeah, the the only team better is Cleveland, and then third, I think, was 
uh, goodness, I can't remember. I don't want to misquote it, but the top, f- the rest of the top five was like Jets, Ravens, and Falcons. Surprisingly, I think if I remember correctly. Yeah. But yeah, so second in punts per drive force, don't allow many yards per drive, and yet still allow like a bottom seven amount in points per drive is leading me to believe that maybe their offense is not exactly holding up their end. Turning of the, the build, ball over say. at their own twenty. Yeah, but this was supposed to be the play nice section, so I'm not talking about the offense. I'm mostly talking about, you know, the fact that their defense uh, is probably better than maybe they look just when you first take a glance at them. Um, and like you said, their coverage is good as well. They have a couple good pass rushers in Brian Burns, uh, like we said. Or specifically, they have, they have one good pass rusher in Brian Burns, we'll say. Um, but, Dad, let's move on to our next part, our next section. Oh, but before we do, we have a little breaking news news, and we were just talking about the injury report, dad. I just saw that tweet come across as well. What do you have for us? So as a tweet from Rob Domofsky, I think the Packers practice has started, but they don't have their official report out, but Jaden Reed and Christian Watson both had helmets and cleats on and went through stretch, but it's unclear if they're going to be like actually practicing and Savage and Campbell are DNPs again on Friday. Okay. So the full report will be out. Um, a little later, but uh, a little bit of news from practice today as we're recording this. And that's exciting about Watson and Reed if they are, in fact, able to practice. I mean, having helmets on is at least a step towards that. And, you know, that that would be great because the more the merrier, I guess we'll say. Um, awesome. That's sweet. But anyway, Dad, should we move on to our next section? Uh, I'm nervous about blank. What are you nervous about in this one? It's it, It's low-hanging fruit. It's an easy pick. I'm nervous about the pa- the Panthers rushing offense because of our yeah. rushing defense, such as it is. I mean, the rushing defense was not the problem last week. I'm just going to tell you that. This that was, is true. I was not but, the uh, problem. <laughs> but Chuba Hubbard has taken control of the Panthers' backfield. They tried the Miles Sanders thing, and they said, you know, actually, Hubbard's been better. Let's just keep running with him. Over the last five weeks, he is fourth in the league with 380 yards rushing and fifth in the league in runs of – of 10 yards or more. And on the season, he is 17th in the league in PFF run grade. He's also a threat out of the backfield with 32 catches on the year and no drops. So he's got good hands out of the backfield. Um, he has his highest yards per carry running wide left. So basically like really wide, like by outside the tight end and to the right between the guard and tackle, according to PFF. And their best two run blockers on the season are guards, Cade Mays and Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson, who just played his first game of the year for them. They signed him to the practice squad a few weeks ago. Um, and so they've shaken up their line a little bit, uh, now having Mays at left guard and Jackson at right guard, which was you know, what they used in their rain-soaked win over Atlanta. So some of – maybe their offensive line is getting better as the, you know, late in the year. Yippee. I know, right? Just in time. For me, the thing that I was a bit nervous about in this game, obviously – Anytime we play any team that can run even a little bit, there's always going to be some nerves. I 100% agree with that, and I saw that you had that in there. And so I went to something different. And, Dad, this is where, you know, cue the, like, Twilight Zone music. Cue the... Cue the... the um, exactly. Because we are in... And cue the X-Files music. We are... It's deja vu all over again. Because the thing that I'm nervous about, and you remember we talked about this against the Giants, is that... The Panthers' third down defense is quite good, uh, specifically their third down pass defense. We talked about this with the Giants. Their third down defense was quite good, specifically their third down run defense. The Panthers are seventh best in the league in terms of third down conversion rate allowed, allowing just 36% of third downs to be converted. They are the best defense in the league 
by EPA per play on third down. The best, number one per wow. RBSDM.com. Do you remember what the Giants were? The Giants were they were top, they were also surprisingly they, good. They were like top set. I think they were like seventh or eighth, if I remember correctly, at the time. Um, but they are first in dropback EPA per play on third down, uh, ninth in dropback success rate. Um, they are only 21st in EPA per rush on third down and 21st in rushing success rate on third down. So they will let you run on them a bit on third down, but they're still the number one overall defense on third down by EPA per play, the number one overall defense by EPA per dropback on third down. And it's similar to how the uh, I'm the reason I'm nervous about this is because it's similar worries to how the Giants got us, who are also a bad team with a bad defense, but were very good on third down. And a big part of how they were able to beat the Packers was they held the Packers to one of eight on third down to start the game. Now, the Packers got a few late, but the fact the Packers were not able to stay on the field and the Giants were able to get them off the field on those critical third downs and those critical plays was a big part of the reason why the Packers were not able to win that game. And so that's why I am a little bit nervous. And there are going to be even more parallels to why I'm thinking this is going to be a little scary like the Giants game maybe um, later on in this episode. But Dad, do you have any thoughts on that? I I was a little surprised to see how good they were on third down. Yeah, because other uh, without looking that up specifically, you wouldn't have uh, guessed it. The not fact at that all. They give up, give up a lot of points. Yeah, not at all. Because that's what I'm saying is like sneakily, their defense is like probably better than you might think. And actually, this defense, I don't know if you knew this stat, is coordinated by uh, Ejiro Evero, who the Packers interviewed uh, when they wanted to look at defensive coordinators when they ended up hiring Joe Barry. They he was one of their last three like uh, left. They interviewed last for second interviews Jim Leonard, Joe Barry, and Ejiro Evero. Um, and they offered the job to Leonard. He declined. They gave the job to Barry. And then Evero has gone on to coordinate two very successful defenses with the Broncos last year, who had a great defense. And then the Panthers this year, who it seems are better than their metrics would maybe indicate, we'll say. Um, yeah. And, and I think LaFleur just complimented Evero this week, didn't he? Is that, was that a quote I, from this week? I missed that. I missed that if you had seen that anywhere. Um, but dad, yeah, no. So I am a little bit nervous about this being... Maybe similar to that Giants game. I know we're t- we've been teasing that this whole episode, but there's even more coming forward. Don't you worry. Um, but Dad, maybe let's get a little bit more optimistic, though. I know we, you know, we get to we're a bit nervous, Nellies, on this podcast. We we worry a little bit. It's it's only normal. But Dad, what are maybe some exploitable weaknesses of the Panthers that might actually lead to the Packers being able to win this game? I I love how I'm saying might actually lead to the Packers being able to. This is a two win team, guys. Like. Please, can we please be yeah. the Panthers? Please. I Honestly, though, if they lose, I, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I might just be like, well, wasn't meant to be. But anyway, we're not even going to put that out in the ether. Dad, what are some exploitable yeah. weaknesses of so, the Panthers? There are some things where their defense is bad. Um, and overall, against the pass, their defense is 31st in sack percentage per team rankings. And 30th in adjusted sack rate per FTN fantasy. So even though they got like good pass rusher in Brian Burns, Overall, their pass rush has not been that effective. They're bad against wide receiver ones in coverage and tight ends, but they're really good against wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. And I think they might actually be number one in guarding running backs as receivers. But they 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 have some vulnerabilities in coverage to tight ends and, and wide receiver ones. Against the run, their defensive front is 29th in adjusted line yards for FTN Fantasy. So, and they give up the fifth most rushing yards per game to running backs. 
Go ahead. And then I, take, I think this is something that's a little different from the Giants. They're second worst in red zone defense in the league, only ahead of Chicago. So that was something I think the Giants were good at, right? Was the red zone Ooh, defense. That is a good question. I'm trying to remember. They were good in the red zone against us. That's that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. I, I'll yeah. tell you that one. And, and so, so my suspicion of that is maybe that's connected to the fact that they've given up the most rushing touchdowns in the league to running backs is part of, part of what, how they're bad in the red zone. No, yeah. I, I think the, the big thing there is... But the thing with the red zone defense, I feel like red zone defense is just so noisy, noisy? to me. Where it's like, you can't even... It, you can't it's even always predict. a small sample size. Exactly. And, you know, the big thing is, so the Panthers, you know, have the second worst red zone touchdown percentage allowed. Um, the Giants had the ninth worst or currently have the ninth worst red zone touchdown percentage allowed. So they oh, weren't okay. a very that good. A, they were also they were not good a against very us, good red zone not defense. Not good against anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, once again, a bad red zone defense coming to town. A defense that's good on third down coming to town that you well, know we're, we're going to their town. Yeah, we're going true. to their town again. Or once again, going to their town where it's like, you know, a defense that's bad on paper, but maybe has some underlying metrics that are okay. They're very good on pivotal downs, like like third like late downs, third downs. The Giants were good on third and fourth downs. Um you got a team that's bad in red zone defense, but hey, you never know. Red zone, the way the ball bounces in the red zone is noisy sometimes. And I have another little bit of uh you know, this might sound familiar to you if you listen to that Giants pregame. Uh, the the Panthers Did we just off- popped in the tape of that Giants preview. I thought about just like cutting in just some <laughs> some snippets as like a little. I was like thinking it was like if we did like a flashbacks, like where it's like you did the like the sound of you falling down the tunnel, and then it like plays like the audio from the Giants preview. But Dad, once again, their offensive line is quite bad at pass blocking. And Bryce Young um, is actually not helping that at all. He's actually actively making it even more difficult. Stop me when this sounds familiar. It's deja vu all over again. Um, Oh, like this offensive line is really bad at allowing massive amounts of pressures. And the quarterback converts pressures to sacks at like an inordinate rate. Like I've never heard this before. Um, They have allowed the fifth most pressures in the league and the fourth highest pressure rate. For reference, just you know, a random team I'm throwing out there. The Giants were third most pressures in the league and have the th- or have the third most pressures in the league and the third highest pressures rate, including them for no reason. You know, um, the Panthers have allowed the fourth most sacks in the league and the third highest sack rate. These numbers are per PFF, by the way. Sorry, the Giants, uh, you know, just throwing them in there for no reason. Uh, have the second most sacks and the second highest sack rate. Uh, per PFF, uh, amongst quarterbacks who have taken at least 50% of snaps, Bryce Young leads the league. He's actually tied with Zach Wilson in pressure to sack rate. So the uh, rate at which he converts pressures to sacks at 24.3%, despite having the eighth highest time to throw. So it's not like he's like just getting pressure really fast. And he's also not avoiding pressure. Um, you know, there might you might have heard of this guy, Tommy DeVito, dad. I don't know if you've heard of him. I was just including him for no reason. Um, he doesn't quite meet the snap threshold, but uh, his pressure to sack rate is even worse. It's at 39.3%. Uh, and the gap between him and Bryce Young, 15%, is bigger than the gap between Bryce Young and the quarterback in last <laughs> amongst quarterbacks with 50% of snaps, between quarterback one and quarterback 26. So, um, oh, did you know that we played Tommy DeVito two weeks ago and we didn't get so him on the ground? And is... we didn't get him on the ground 
one time. We didn't sack him once. And then he, was he sacked again like seven times in the next yes, week after that? The next week, the, people are going to look at his game log and be like, oh, I guess he didn't play that week. That's crazy. He must have played two snaps. Did he yeah. get hurt in that game? No, but my point is... So what you're is, saying is Bryce Young, NFC Offensive Player of the Week? No, what I'm saying is... I'm just going to include this here. Bryce Young, uh, his season high in rushing yards is uh, 41 yards, uh, for those of you at home keeping track of those types of things. Uh, in college, he did once run for 100 yards, though. So that's uh, just something I'm throwing out there. Dad, over under uh, 55 and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young in this game. <laughs> what do we think? Uh, I was looking at it. seems to me, looking at some of his numbers, as he, he rushes... Maybe kind of a similar, a little bit more than say Jordan Love does. Has a few more rushes in the air, a little bit more yards. Based on those numbers, maybe a similar kind of success rate and willingness to scramble as Jordan Love does. They don't do much in the way of design runs, though. Like All I'm going to say is they didn't do it much with Tommy DeVito either. My <laughs> whole, the whole point of this is this should be an exploitable weakness of the Panthers. They give up a lot of pressure, and those pressures get to converted to sacks at a super high rate by their quarterback. But we've just played two weeks ago a team that gave up even more pressure and a quarterback that allowed pressures to be converted to sacks at an even higher rate, and we couldn't get them on the ground one time. So I, I, I can say it's an exploitable weakness, but I can't say that I'm for sure that the Packers We're are ready actually to exploit going to it. Take, take advantage of it. And then the other thing that I had in here was um, Bryce Young is also susceptible to turnovers. He has the seventh worst turnover-worthy play rate amongst 28 qualifying quarterbacks with at least 50% of dropbacks per PFF. Um, and he has nine fumbles on the year, which is the seventh most of the season. So just, you know, thought that that was interesting and also somewhere they could probably take advantage. But Dad, let's move on to our next section. I hope the Packers blank. What do you hope the Packers do in terms of approach this game? So some of this is going to... Mirror, and I'll try not to be too redundant. Uh, what you were just talking about, their exploitable weakness. I hope they pressure Bryce Young. So you said you with QBs with at least 50 dropbacks, he has the second worst PFF passing grade under pressure. It's only ahead of PJ Walker. Um, and in EPA per play among qualifying QBs, he is second worst in the league, only ahead of Zach Wilson, according to rbsdm.com. And you talked about his pressure to sack ratio being, you know, in our favor. Though we'll see if that story has a different ending this time. And one thing I did is I actually looked at um, from the PFF grades for you know, when blitzed and not blitzed, when pressured and not pressured, and then not only what the act the absolute value is, but how much uh, every QB's rating changed, pressured mm -hmm. versus not pressured. And so his loss of points in PFF passer grade when pressured to not pressured is the ninth highest in the league. So he gets um, the amount of effects of basically his passing grade is, is the ninth most. Although his drop in when blitzed is not as severe, only decreasing in passer rating at the 19th most out of 51 qualifiers in the league. So as opposed to you know, some, some passers, they're actually their, their passing grade goes up when they're blitzed. There are a few of those uh, less common when they're pressured, but those are usually he, he, the very the very good quarterbacks are the right, ones that the get very better good when they're blitzed. Get, that you don't want to blitz because they actually get better. But so he's dropping, especially when he's pressured, um, compared to other quarterbacks, how much they're dropping when they're pressured. So he's susceptible. I didn't actually look to see because he would have been he was like below my threshold where Tommy DeVito would have been in this. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm the, sure he'd grade. be because I was I, I went for a uh, you know number of passing attempts threshold before I. You know, bother doing the the rankings. Mm -hmm. so I only up with fifty one 
uh, qualifiers. But I think hopefully this time will be different. I think we just have to have more, you know, kind of gap discipline and well, not just go, we're all running upfield as fast as we can. And we don't care which direction we're running to try well, to get to the quarterback. But that's the thing is, yes. But then in the last game, they didn't get any pressure at all, rush lane integrity or not. Like they didn't get to Baker at all last game. I think they only had nine pressures, which is the second fewest mm-hmm. he had had on the year to date. So they're coming off two back-to-back games where one, they got pressure and couldn't get home. And two, they got no pressure, but got home a lot. Like, cause they had only yeah, nine. Yeah, their conversion pre- they, rate was high. They had what, three sacks out of nine pressures? No, no they, they pressured Baker nine get? times and got five sacks. Five which sacks. is like insane. Nine times and five sacks. Um, but and then the previous they had I think seventeen pressures and no sacks. So they're just they're towing they're towing <laughs> it both ways. Um, for me though, Dad, the thing that I hope the Packers do, I hope they're patient with the run. Last week, uh, the run game started off hot. We talked about forty-four yards on eight carries in the first drive, um, but then it really fizzled out. Uh, they had a few unsuccessful runs in a row. Three of their next four runs would go for zero or negative yards. This is for ESPN's play-by-play data. Uh, And they end up running just seven more times for 15 yards. Now, I understand not going back to the run in that game. You're down most of the game. Um, Josh Myers was really struggling with Vita Vea. But this week, the run defense they're going against is really not good. Uh, 31st by DVOA, we talked about. Um, Even in the places that they're good, where they're like one of the better defenses on third down, their run defense is not good on third down. I think you just got to stick with it no matter what in this matchup, regardless of Maybe not completely regardless of how it's going, but I think they need to be even more patient with it. I understood not having patience with the last game, but I, I do think they really need to stick with it because, you know, even if you have a few unsuccessful runs in a row, this run defense is not good. You should be able to run on it. You should just keep hammering away in it. And if you really can't run the ball at the end of the day, it's like, well, you didn't deserve. If you can't run the ball in the 31st ranked defense, like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Um but Dad, so that's what I hope the Packers do. Let's move on to our next section. Don't take your eye off the ball. Or is there anything you wanted to mention in terms of that run game? It looks like you well, actually have something. My, to mention my don't take your eye off this guy ahead. is uh, is directly connected to that. So I'm going with Aaron Jones. As you said, Panth- Panthers have been one of the worst teams in defending the run all year by raw county numbers in terms of total yards and touchdowns. The worst in both by play to play grades, according to PFF, they're 11th worst by opponent adjusted metrics by DVOA, they're 29th, and they're also dead last in defensive rushing EPA per play. So, as you said, lots of ways. No matter how you measure it, doesn't matter how doesn't matter how you want to measure it. They're bad. They're bad. Defense. They're bad so, defending the run. Yep. And and last week, Green Bay seemed intent on easing Jones in. Is basically his first game back. So gave him gave him a lot well, of usage early, and then kind of backed. It's off of funny it. because you can say easing him in. Did they? They give him like well, eight okay. carries they, they, right they, off the they, bat, they, and then they never threw him played into, him. They threw him into the deep end. Took him out and, pulled and then, him out. Put, then and pulled him out and didn't put him back in again. Yeah, I would not call that easing in personally. <laughs> so they were just true. like, here's a, here's a ton of carries. and then We're, we're going to give you all of your carries more. for the game in the first possession. And exactly. then, then you'll rest the rest pretty of the game. Easy in. <laughs> he's, he's the bid for the last three quarters. So hopefully, I'm, you know, I'm hoping he's ready for a, a more of a full workload this week. And maybe get the century mark. Yeah, I, hopefully. Um, for me, the player that I put as one to watch was Josh Myers. I was actually going to say Aaron Jones, but you beat me to it. But I picked Josh Myers. That's the because, advantage you know, of starting the document first. I know, right? <laughs> um, like I was saying, and like you were saying, we both think the run game is going to be really important in this game against a poor run defense. And I think Josh Myers is pivotal in that. 
he really struggled last week against the Buccaneers, and his struggles were a big reason why they struggled to move the ball in the run game. He had the lowest grade of any offensive lineman per PFF, um, really struggled. Uh, I know PFF grades are not perfect, but you could also just kind of see Vita Vea was giving him problems. And uh, I, I, He's also playing for a spot next year, Dad, Like at the same time, which is why I was actually almost like, you know what? I'm glad I'm picking Myers because if he closes the year strong, I think he's like the favorite in the clubhouse to be the starter at center next year. But if he closes the game playing like he did against Tampa, I think they maybe they start to look at that position with a few more question marks because he hasn't played great his three years here. And he had been kind of stacking some successes going into that Tampa game. But I don't know if you can just go into it last year in the it's last year in the contract next year for him we'll see that's why he's my player to watch because he's also playing for next year as well yeah if he has two good games in a row now then you say like maybe he had like five game five good games out of his last six or something like that but if he yeah. has two more bad ones then he's like oh he had that that stretch of uh good games is more of the blip on the radar than than that one bad game we'll have to exactly. see how that plays out yeah and and i know he hasn't played well like over his first like two and a half years but if he closes the last five or six well i think they can talk themselves into being like okay we'll give him the last year of his contract to like prove that he deserves to be the center going forward but yeah like you said if he closes poorly it's more going to be like okay yeah that stretch of good play was the anomaly and we're just gonna you know you are what you are at this point um but dad let's move into overtime some things that maybe we did not get to fit in our nice little buckets above anything you didn't get a chance to talk about yet that you wanted to you know tack on to the end yeah, so a couple things. And I figure since we're talking about this game, I just had to be that guy who throws the Burns versus Gary comparison out there um, since the Packers could have had them. And I was one of the people who would have liked Burns at the time. Um, but over the Gary's been better than Burns in each of the last three years in PFF pass rush grade, PFF run defense grade, and pass rush win percentage per PFF in all of the last three years. Um, so, yeah, because seems like- those of you that weren't following the draft back then, there were a lot of people that were not very happy that the Packers took Rashawn Gary when Brian Burns was on the board. Um, this guy. Yeah, right he here. was one of them. Uh, a lot of people were like, why wouldn't you take Brian Burns? He's a more ready prospect. Because at the time, the um, I, for those of you that don't cover the draft very much, Rashawn Gary was viewed as this, you know, big freak athlete, huge, but, you know, not pretty much not any production in college had, you know, gone to Michigan as the number one high school recruit in the country, but, you know, didn't, he'd played like, if you ask the like coaches on the staff, it was like, oh yeah, he's, he's great. But like his stats weren't very huge. And then Brian Burns, on the other hand, was very slight, very slender. He's a lighter pass rusher. And the questions were like, is that weight going to play up at the next level? Um, but you couldn't deny how well he played at Florida State. So it was kind of, you know, traits versus, you know, tape yeah and, and, and burns and started production. started off hot in the pros too yeah he yeah, jumped burns in started contributing right away, right away contributing gary was a little slower but i also think part of that is you know gary was behind the smiths so it's yes. less opportunity there um you know something i wanted to tack on there is lucas van ness has kind of been speaking of traits lucas van ness has been playing pretty well recently huh i saw somebody tweet this too about his last like few games and how well he's doing in terms of pressure rates and um, two sacks run over stops his last couple and, games, and, I believe, and as sacks well. over, Yeah, that he's actually starting to come come around after people were starting to worry a little bit, like maybe Ooh. nine or ten games in. 
Who? Everybody? I wasn't worried. Who was worried? I wasn't. No, I, I, I'm actually, I'm not even being facetious. I, were people actually well, worried you, about I saw some that's... tweets about people. Uh, oh, uh, oh okay. Twitter. So, of course. Twitter, yeah. People people <laughs> overreacting on Twitter. I've that's never, what I mean. Could never imagine. Um, sorry, but I interrupted you. Uh, go ahead. You were talking about Gary yeah. and, and Burns. Yeah, well, that was what I, that, just that it's looking, it's like the Packers investment has paid off. You could, you could, you could maybe bring up the point, well, you got fewer, like, top years of production yeah. on the rookie contract. Yeah. So, you know, then, then you're talking about what's giving you the most value out of a rookie contract if you have to wait two years. But, you know, they've kept, they've kept Gary, assigned him to uh, extension, and he's looking really good now. Um, should I continue? I haven't, I don't think, talking about things that don't believe everything you think, because I wasn't on board with Gary at the time. I've been saying, and maybe we both say for a while, that we'd really like to see the Packers get the ball first in the game. But I went through every year now with LaFleur as head coach to see if they have a better one-loss record when they get the ball first versus when they get the ball second. Because it seems like a lot of times they try to get the ball second. It's like, start with the ball, start with the ball. Well, when they have the ball first under LaFleur, they've been 24 and 15 over the last now almost five years. But when they get the ball second, they've been 28 and 12. So if anything, they've been a little bit better at getting the ball Second, however, statistically speaking, there is no real difference between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, just I did a quick Fisher exact test on the numbers, and like, yeah, there's there's no statistical significance here. So and you with this were small always size, saying, you were always saying, <laughs> why are you not taking the ball first? Why are you not taking the yeah. ball first? We're so much better when we take the ball first. <laughs> yeah, so don't believe everything you think. Actually, look no, at the look, data. Uh, hey, you well, you should don't believe everything you say. That's that's what <laughs> that's what that's what I'm taking out of this one. Um, for me though, so you can continue to believe what you think is just not believe what I say. Yeah. Just, just, you know, take everything he says with a grain of salt is what he's saying. Um, for me, the two things I wanted to touch on, uh, are actually two different players that I'm also keeping my eye on in this game. The first is Adam Thielen. Uh, some of you fans might remember of his days in Minnesota playing against us many times. Um, this year he is having a bit of a resurgence after a down year last year. He's on pace for a hundred catches for a thousand yards and five touchdowns. He's really their only reliable receiver on the Panthers, to be honest, right now. Um, but against the Packers in his career, Dad, he has played 18 games. Uh, he's had seven total touchdowns. And then I pared down the number of games down to 12 because he played 12 games where he played at least 75% of the snaps. And so I, I wanted to look at ones where he actually played like a reasonable number of snaps to get these average numbers. In those 12 games, he's averaged 5.8 receptions on 8.2 targets for 77 yards. So, you know, Against the Packers in his career, he's had some pretty, you know, a pretty consistent run of games. About, you know, six of eight for six of eight for 77 is a very solid stat line, I would say, especially as a career average against a team. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. And then the other player I wanted to highlight is Patrick Taylor. And my question is, will they trust him to actually play running back? He has made a couple of mental errors. Uh, He didn't go out of bounds in the two minute drill at the end of the first half against the Giants. He only got one carry last week. When he has played, though, He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. And two weeks ago against the Giants, when he just had that aforementioned, you know, kind of mental mental uh, mistake, he had four carries for 30 yards and two receptions for 22 yards. So if Dylan is not able to go like we expect, I'm curious as to, you know, will Patrick Taylor get actual touches? They gave Kenyon Drake a carry last week, and I didn't think he looked nearly as good as Patrick Taylor. So I, f- I feel more confident with Taylor than Drake right now. Um, Taylor, when he's carried the ball, has made some explosive moves and gained yards. Yeah. Do you see Kenyon Drake's tweet 
by the way. I'm the oldest guy here. I'm, I'm not I'm even 30 yet. Here. I'm only 30. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was, I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Patrick Taylor because I do feel like he's played well when he's gotten opportunities, just aside from a couple of those mistakes. But um, any thoughts on Taylor or Thielen, Dad, or should we move uh, into wrapping this thing up? Um, I think we're ready to wrap it up. Okay, bottom line, Dad, the Panthers win if blank. For me, it's if Hubbard runs wild and the Panthers never have to pass. So the sacks don't matter. Yeah, for me. Because they, they, they have few dropbacks. For me, I was going to say the Panthers win if they substantially beat the Packers on third down, like similar to how the, the Giants did. You know, One of eight start. A one of eight start on third down is kind of how you lose one of these games where it's like, man, we just cannot keep these drives alive. Um, and that lets other teams that are maybe not as talented as you hang around, which is, you know, cough, cough. And, and what looking back on that game, some of those, like those first two drives were a little bit self-inflicted, I think, uh, how they had to punt early. The Packers? Self-inflicted <laughs> self-inflicted mistakes? So let's just Impossible. pay attention to detail and keep things on track. Yeah, we just try and go 1-0 every week. You're sounding very Matt LaFleur of you, Dad. Just pay attention to details. You know. <laughs> Got a good um, ball club. I really like this ball club. Really like, I don't think anyone, you know, everyone was given effort the whole way. Really like the energy and effort today. Um, comes down to me. No, I, I like Matt LaFleur as a coach. It's just, he just, does, uh, he does yeah, say gotta, the same things in every single You get your little cue card conference. of... Uh, cliches no he just shuffles them up he like he, he shakes the magic eight ball and it gives him one of his <laughs> five or six responses reply that he hazy try again later exactly uh that's you know what that is reply hazy try again later it's i need to watch the tape that's that's <laughs> that's what that one is <laughs> that's, that's, he shakes that it is. it's like i need to watch the tape it's like okay um dad packers win if blank I think if, if Love dices up the Panthers D, um, and if, and th- if, obviously if he throws for three touchdowns, I think they win. But uh, yeah, if he, if he just why not, really why not high six? efficiency, <laughs> I think they'll win if he throws I eight touchdowns. I think they'll touchdowns. win if he throws eight touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, if he's just like really efficient and converting um, high percentage of completions and just yeah, looking from- like he's slinging it, it's on time. Um, yeah, I think no, the, I, the Panthers I, I just can't keep up. Be- that should be a winnable game. You think that would be the formula for it? For me, I said the Packers win if they can pressure and get to Bryce Young. It's got to be both. Um, they need to get a large amount of pressures, which should not be hard against this Panthers offensive line, and they should be able to finish those pressures in the sacks, which again should not be hard. Has been in the past, but should not be hard against someone who's taken a lot of sacks in Bryce Young. Um, Dad, score prediction. What do you got? So I think this might be. I'm going 30-17 Packers. Going like maybe okay. the highest total I've gone. I'm going. I'm going for high scoring Packer game. Now I had this. I did have this. I was like, okay. I picked against them a couple weeks ago. They won. Then I picked picked them the last two weeks, and I thought, should I exercise that power again? That power. Yeah. It's it's a it's a power. You need a lot of you know. With great power comes great responsibility. It's. It's a, I guess burden not, to wear, it's a burden to wield <laughs> such a power. You know. I, I guess I'm not using it very responsibly right now. No, I suppose not. Uh, for me, I said I actually think this game is going to be kind of close. It's going to be annoying, I think. Uh, I got Green Bay winning 24-21. to 21. Uh, th- I think they're going to win, but I just I think it's going to be annoying. I think it's going to be a very annoying game. Uh, but anyway, anything you wanted to add, Dad, before we uh, you know call it? That's it. I hope to enjoy this game, at least early. Be done uh, before Christmas, long before Christmas Eve. Everyone, hope you have a happy and holidays. Hopefully, Whichever holidays- holiday you want to celebrate, enjoy it. Yep, hopefully this holiday season is filled with Packer wins as well, and you can actually enjoy it. 
uh, and Milwaukee Bucks wins as well, since, you know, we're also Bucks fans over here. Um, thank you so much for listening uh, today. If you like what you heard here, like we said earlier, come give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out when we have new episodes out, stats we find interesting, articles we find interesting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One-stop shopping for everything Titletown. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be doing two episodes a week the rest of the season, pre-games and post-games for every single game. And then during the off-season, we do an episode a week still. So you can come listen to us talk about how we thought the performance of the season went. We break down some player position groups in detail, and we talk about free agency, the draft. We really talk about the draft a lot on this podcast. It's one of our favorite things. Honestly, I enjoy the draft more than I enjoy the actual NFL season. So come it listen to us on the that. season. <laughs> that is a good point. But anyway, thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.